0: Dog Nation, welcome back. As always, this is your host, Cheeto Tribuye, everyone's favorite Zambian. And with me is Keegan Chenal. This is Tennessee Game Week, and this is Dogs Off the Leash. the dog- So got a lot to talk about today. Uh, We are coming off a bye week, getting ready to go into Knoxville, and we are looking for a W in enemy territory. Uh, This week is also better known as no orange week, hey orange week, whatever you want to call it. This is the week. Um, Actually, one of my favorite weeks being from North Georgia, Tennessee feels like uh, a rival just like any other team. Some consider it as such. Uh, but also we want to you know, take a second to uh, review Notre Dame and celebrate that win. A, a lot of these media guys are giving us or were giving us a lot of hell for not beating them by 40. And uh, on one hand, I can see how that looks. But at the same time, Notre Dame still ranked number nine, uh, and that was a tough team to beat. And, uh, Keegan, I'm kind of going to let you run with it and kind of just give me your thoughts uh, on what you liked from the game and maybe some things that you wish we'd improve on or you know, where we may have struggled a little bit. Yeah, man. I was
1: actually in Athens. It was quite an exciting atmosphere. I mean, to see so many people downtown, I think they said they had about 200,000 people uh, visit Athens because of the game. And it was just an electric atmosphere. I mean, we couldn't go anywhere. I remember at one point we were downtown walking around, and I didn't have tickets to the game. I was just you know, wanted to watch it downtown. And I was actually with some friends that hadn't been to Athens before, so kind of got to show them the madness that was. first time in Athens. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And uh, we were walking around trying to find a spot, and I was like, you know what? Everywhere's so busy, let's just go to All Good because All Good's going to be chill. Like, we can just kind of relax, not you know, not be too hyped up, not too not too big of a deal. We, we go to All Good, dude. I ain't been to All Good in a minute, man. <laughs> I know. Good time. We go to All Good. 80 people out the door, no exaggeration. Literally, there's a line that starts at the crosswalk by what used to be near like Mellow headed towards All Good. Literally just an insane amount of people. And just to be a part of it was like really awesome. I know whatever recruits we had were, uh, you know, they were there at the right moment for sure. Definitely. But it meant playing a top-ten team no matter who they are, be it, you know, overrated or whatever the media wants to say about it. It's a top-ten team, assuming they earn their rating, assuming they earn their ranking. Like, really, you can't, like, dispute a win like that. And the way they played us, they played us, like, really tight.
0: And they're still number nine. So somebody somewhere thinks they're they're a quality team. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they came in. They're well coached. They're on the road. And they put up – I think they got tired of hearing all the noise all week about how we were going to run all over them. And they really stepped up to the plate. And, you know, in a few years, we're going to see a lot of those guys in the NFL. So, you know, a win is a win is a win.
1: If it's one exactly. point,
0: if it's about 40 points, I know the storylines will get made from this and that. But, you know, let's dig a little bit deeper into the game. Tell me, tell me what you thought, you know, they did well or what we did well. And, you know, uh, let's kind of just walk through it.
1: Right. Well, as far as positives for us, we held them under 50 yards rushing to start off. I think it was like 46 total. I mean, that's just incredible. You got a team like Notre Dame. They got some athletes. They got a pretty decent line. Like You would think they'd have been able to surpass 50 yards, but they couldn't. Sure. They had two interceptions on them. Both were not like gimmies. They were both like pretty solid takeaways, really good reads on our part. Um, we had an amazing showing from the wide receiver, even though Tyler Simmons got bumped out in that one play. I think he's all right. But Lawrence Cager came in clutch, showing why he yes he did a talented, He has like such a talented asset coming in from Miami, and Demetrius Robertson finally, you know, I think he had four catches, um, right around 50 yards. We really got to like show his imprint on the offense. That was something I was just really excited to see because you know the wide receivers all season, all off season, kind of been a question mark for us. So to be able to see some wide receivers step in, have some confidence, and we've seen some pretty good plays. Jake Fromm's obviously had some people to throw it to, but it's just nice to see in a big game where it really matters and it's on the line that we got some guys stepping up, some freshmen making plays, um, really kind of setting the stage for this turn of events heading into November uh, where the games are really going to matter and we have some really tough opponents. So that was good to see. Overall, I'd just say it was, you know, pretty dominant. Pretty dominant defense and just, like, a super clutch offense. You know, we didn't really make a lot of plays, start off first quarter. Like, what were you thinking of that first quarter, man? Like, zero, nothing, nothing.
0: We're heading into the uh, second quarter. We ended up falling behind. First quarter was actually pretty interesting, I thought, because, you know, we kind of talked just a little bit before, and, you know, the defense ended up, uh, you know very well holding the run game to the forty six, forty seven yards, whichever it was um, on the day. But Ian Book, you know they were, you know they were really targeting the tight ends early, and our linebackers kind of got exposed. Um, which I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know if teams are going to try to you know you know go out or target that area, and like if that's a weakness. But you remember we were without both of our corners at one spot as well. You know we were without Tyson Campbell and. Um, Eric Stokes on the other side. But uh D-Vod Wilson came in and had a, a really good day, had that one crazy interception where he picked yeah. it off and then bobbled it funny. and then fumbled it
1: <laughs> and then recovered it. I mean it was like some out of a circus that, you know. It, it
0: literally it literally was. And J.R. Reed's just been living up to, you know, all the preseason hype that he got, uh, with that sick that sick interception where he just jumps in front of it and did like the little toe tap. Um uh, but that was I thought that was great on the defensive side. But uh, outside of that, you know, where the tight ends exploited us. Now, you did mention, uh, and I think a lot of uh, Georgia fans felt the same way, we didn't get to see a lot of uh, Cook and Zamir. Uh, and uh, I know you kind of wanted to elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, Zamir did not
1: touch the ball. I think James Cook had – maybe two runs, but for, he ended up with, like, negative yards, I believe. Maybe he only had one run and he got stopped on it. But I, I would just like – the thing is, is you could argue that and, – and granted, this is a great problem to have. We're stacked on skilled positions when it comes to our offense, but you could argue that we're a little top-heavy when it comes to running backs versus receivers. You know, like, we have the running backs that can – catch the ball, so I think that we need to figure out more creative ways to involve our running backs. I mean, we got, like, four guys that are just, like, ballers. Now, we got, like, one really solid guy right now at receiver with Lawrence Cager, and then we got some shining freshmen with a ton of potential, Will Green. We got a really, like, you know, solid guy in Tyler Simmons, but we got... I don't know, we got, we got some guys, but it's a little bit more hodgepodge Wouldn't you agree? Like, our, our running back core is super, super
0: solid. Yeah, it's, it's elite in my estimation. And, you know, a lot of people have the question marks about our wide receivers. I would say they're more than capable. But I don't know if any of them, outside of Lawrence Cager at the end of the game, uh, at the end of that game, can take over consistently the way he did. I mean, he was just going bonkers, making every catch, difficult ones, even the touchdown. He he did like this little whirly bird catch and like managed to get a foot down. And we're gonna need a lot more of that as we get into SEC well, play. But well, he's a grad transfer, so I mean,
1: yeah, he's sometimes, a vet. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it doesn't really show up that much. But he's one of these guys that whatever reason he's you know he maybe it's just his speed of development i don't know what but he's he's playing like a man among boys honestly i mean
0: yeah we're gonna gonna need that
1: yeah i was i was impressed with what he did and just jake's ability to find him and i'm sure you know i don't I don't talk to Jake Crum on a regular basis, but, you know, I'm, you know, he knows in his mind, like, he's a he's a guy of integrity, he's a guy of character, and it's not saying anything that these guys don't have, but there, sometimes people stand out to you. And, you know, Jake's picked his favorites in the past. Like, he's had people he would find. Like, Nicole Hardman was someone he found frequently and often. And I think, oh, he, you know, he, he knows who he can really trust. And I think yep. that's part of the – even though – you know, good QB makes his reads and throws the ball. It would be ignorant to say that, you know, it's not about, it is about trust. So I think he's really like coming into some uh, good chemistry with his receivers in general, like starting to kind of, because, you know, we really had to develop that quick against Notre Dame, and that's been such a big question mark. But, um, so, you know, we kind of got some rhythm to be positive about and like have some confidence in these predictions and just as fans. And I think that with, this last game, it's kind of established a little bit of like a relationship with him and Lawrence Cager. The ability to, you know, really, really, it's an awareness of each other. You know, I think that's really the biggest thing. It's almost like some kind of like a, you know, like radio signal. You know, it's like they they were ready for that that play. You know, and that and it worked out perfectly. Um, I think there was like, because did he have get the two?
0: We touched him again. I think he had the
1: one. He had the one touchdown. I remember that 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 low fade where he kind of had to like drop in, and then he had another similar play. But you know they're really like they you know if that was any indication, it seems like they're near mastery when it comes to that because the timing on that was impeccable. I mean, that dude was covered. So, uh, and you just can't you just can't stop that. <laughs> like unless you're seven foot tall, dude, you can't stop that. Like so if they got a seven foot tall guy, like. Uh, At Tennessee, like, good for them. But otherwise, they're screwed. So, that's all I got to say about that.
0: (laughs) Jake Fromm has had that back shoulder throw down for quite some time now. And it's good that him and Pager have that rapport as well. Um, But Jake's been working on a few new things as well. Um, He, um, you know, we had talked about, you know, just trying to do some different stuff with him. You know, he's, got, he's worked on his mobility. His accuracy always been one of his strengths, but he's gotten even better. And then we saw a little glimpse of him rolling out of the pocket. and, Man. You know, and off. Now, Man. the best quarterback that I can kind of illustrate who does this well already is Trevor Lawrence. Trevor will break out of the pocket not to scramble, looks downfield, and on the run he just throws darts. And Jake Fromm... Uh, did the same thing, rolled out of the pocket to the right and threw a dart to Tyler Simmons in the back right-hand side of the end zone. And what should have been, you know, a career highlight pass. I mean, he just threw uh, a dart, just a a frozen rope. But uh, ended up that Simmons dropped it. But, again, I'm really hoping to see a little bit more of that. And I also wanted to take a second, uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. This he is so underrated. I think even for Georgia fans, like we don't win that game without Rodrigo. He doesn't miss field goals, and if it's inside of 50 yards, he's nailing it. So him and J.R. Reed, I think, you know, Jake Fromm, J.R. Reed, obviously our offensive line, and Rodrigo are going to be the reason reasons that we go as far as we do. Uh, and I'm I'm super confident in that. But again, a win is a win is a win. Uh, I'm glad we kind of got past. Uh, Notre Dame, because that's that's a talented team. And, you know, we worked on some things in the bye week, had to deal with a few injuries. And, you know, now we can focus on this team up north in the orange jersey that, you know, honestly, they have been the dumpster fire of the SEC um, this year, especially as far as expectations. Jeremy Pruitt was supposed to have this team moving forward. But the thing about Tennessee is all it takes is one win. If they were to beat us, uh, this Saturday, if a big if, we would be we'd be the next lapping stock. It would be on us. There's no excuse. They they opened their season with an embarrassing loss to Georgia State. They lost a close game against the, uh, I guess, mediocre BYU team, beat Chattanooga, and then lost to Florida as expected, 34 to 3. And they're coming off a bye week as well. So I just want to hear about what your expectations are coming into Saturday. Um, not only for UGA, but for Tennessee as well? Well, I expect it to be closer
1: than we think, at least at parts of the game. I'm not saying the final score will be close, but I do think there will be moments of contention.
0: Now, keep in mind, we we have some breaking news. They actually just announced that they are going to start a true freshman Brian Maurer, he played a little bit against Chattanooga and in the second half of Florida, but they are leaving Garantano on the bench, which, you know, Garantano's a junior. I know he's not the best, but you're going to make this change going into Georgia? I know it's a bye week, but this kid better be special. If you're th- I, don't know, I don't know what to think of it. Give me, give me something. You think this could be a game changer, or are they just, re- they just grasping for strong? I don't know. I mean, at the same time,
1: you know, you don't have much to lose. If you're not happy with the guy you've got who's been here for a minute, you might as well, you know, try to stir up the pot, give the freshmen some experience against the tap team. I think it's a smart move on their part. I mean, I don't know what they if they actually see something specifically in this person or they're just that desperate. I couldn't tell you that, but it'll be interesting to see. That's for sure. I mean, I like it for Georgia's favor. I sure mean, I do. I do. We, we had trouble with a specific freshman I will not mention by name a few years ago. But at the same time, it's not that every freshman can do that. There are no. once in a generational freshmen, yeah. and then there are, you know. In this day and age, it is becoming more common to see a freshman quarterback because I think it's just it speaks to the level of practice that happens nowadays in general on a team. And in high school, and then, you know, you got your specialist practice. So a lot yeah. of these guys, um, you mentioned Trevor earlier, like, you know, a lot of people like him have coaches, you know, that they they're spending a lot of time with these coaches. They're working on a lot of the nuances of the game that we know after 50 years of being able to study the game, uh, or, you know, in a, in a video context. We can actually kind of, like, apply a lot of things that we're seeing with the biomechanics and things like that. So we're really being able to master the physics of the game in a way that we really haven't been able to in, you know, the last even 15 years.
0: And that's a, that's a fair point because these days, you know, at the high school level, they're so much more ready when they come in. But imagine if you were a freshman quarterback and Coach said, hey, we're going to start you against number three Georgia and Kirby Smart's defense. Like, it's going to take the kids <laughs> some time to adjust just naturally. And yeah. I don't think. Now I don't know. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But if you think this freshman is going to come in and get you the win, a freshman who's untested, unproven, we're gonna we're gonna blitz this kid all day. If I'm the defensive coach, I'm blitzing, I'm blitzing this kid all day. He will never have a clean pocket. I, I don't I don't care if he gets some one on one shots on the outside. Let's see him. You got to make him do that. But I I guess you have. You know, I guess, but. You know, some, some storylines that are going on or the narratives that are always, you know, in the media, they're always looking for something. There are a lot of coaching familiarities, you know, with Georgia and Tennessee. We, uh, You know, most people all, all remember Jeremy Pruitt from his time as defensive coordinator, coordinator here at UGA, and most UGA fans loathe him because, you know, he was, it looked like he was trying to grab a little power from under Mark Rick, which, you know... A lot of people think it inevitably led to, you know, Mark Mark Rick's dismissal outside of, you know, his record and his struggles. Um, But Mm -hmm. Jim Chaney is also now the offensive coordinator at the University of Tennessee. And I wanted to ask you if you felt like, you know, the coaching familiarity was under or overrated coming into this game or how much you think that matters or if it doesn't. Okay, Okay. So I was thinking about this. I'm going to go with – I think in general, it's
1: overrated because all these coaches know each other. At the end of the day, it becomes a game of player execution. Schemes don't win the game. Players do. So, I think that it is a factor for sure, and it will be interesting. But, you know, the, the sword goes both ways. So, it's yeah. not that, like, just one of them familiar. It's that they're all familiar. So, it's yeah. even playing field. You know, it's, not, it's no secret. Um so, in a way, I think it's overrated with, the you know, the media storylines. But for me, personally, it's very underrated because Jim Cheney, I swear, is the bane. Like, he's, he's the definition of what's wrong in the world. <laughs> not as a person. I'm sure he's great. But just in a scheme, you know, he was great but not excellent, you know. He was uh, – you know, he was very Mark Rick-esque for us, for Georgia. <laughs> yeah. We we have a standard, and, you know, he just wasn't there, honestly. And yeah. the fact that he got a raise and went to Tennessee is perfect because it just seems like they just keep trying to get our leftovers at this point, and it's not doing anything for him. Jeremy Pruitt definitely was, like, trying to run Mark Rick out the door, you know, kind of causing some division in the program. I just don't appreciate anyone It would go against Mark Rick, of all people. And I don't know, like, as much as I want to like him, I just can't forget that. So I hope we blow him out. I hope it's a pretty bad whooping. But I think that it's definitely going to be interesting to see. And as uh, Cartman would say,
0: the tears are so yummy. Oh, their, their tears are going to be delicious. And, you know, full confession, you know, you know, opening myself up here, I, I have to admit, I sing Rocky Top after every Tennessee win all night long. Uh, and you said earlier it's a double-edged sword. Uh, imagine you're a Tennessee fan and you're just sitting in a bar wherever you're at. You just <laughs> lost to Georgia. You can't sing your song because you can't celebrate. And Georgia, a Georgia fan comes in. An African-American Georgia fan comes in nonetheless, and this kid is singing Rocky Top at the top of his lungs, not one time, not two times, but multiple times, and as he (laughs) becomes more and more inebriated, the louder and the louder he sings it. That is me, and I look forward to playing Tennessee, Uh, again, not only because I'm from North Georgia and up here, it's like our area rival, but... To be honest, I like Rocky Top, and it's so much sweeter, so much sweeter when we win. And right now, it's looking like the spread is about 24.5. I was asking a couple people uh, at the gym earlier today, a couple guys that I talk to football with, uh, talk football with all the time. They gave me I, I just a couple score predictions. They were like 49-3, 56-10. Um, now, last time I was there in 2017, we we had my first trip to Neyland Stadium. We beat Tennessee 41 to zero. And I think the first play of that game was an interception, if not the second play of the game. So recent history is definitely in our favor. Now I hate talking about it, but 2016, the year prior to that, was when Josh Dobbs threw that hail mary in Athens, and Juwan Jennings, who <laughs> you know, is a player that we're going to need to watch out for, actually caught that touchdown pass. So. Listen, it, it, I've seen it before, so I'm definitely not going to count them out. I'm all about, you know, respecting your opponent. Um, but, you know, 2017 went well for us. 2018 was in Athens. We won that game 38-12. to 12. And another little tidbit, the current series actually stands at 23-23 and 23 and then two ties between University of Georgia and Tennessee. So a win in Knoxville this weekend means that we will lead the series <laughs> – and again, I talked about Rocky Top. I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose my voice singing Rocky Top. If we take the series lead in Knoxville, uh, it's, yeah. it's just gonna be beautiful. That would be amazing. That would be very exciting. And not time. even just for the coaches. There's some players. Our tight end Eli Wolf came from Tennessee. Uh, Cade Mays, you mentioned earlier, who is also a nasty human being, uh, mm-hmm. you know, was a Tennessee legacy and chose, you know, to come play for our offensive line, the Great Wall of Georgia, and then our outside linebacker this year, one of our better ones, uh, Aziz Ojulari, number thirteen. His little brother actually just committed recently to the University of Tennessee. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of family ties. You know, you know, normally we associate those ties with Auburn you know, with the coach and the history that we have. But right now we have a lot of uh, ties with Tennessee. Unfortunately for them, they are not really competitive at this point. So it's it's less of a story, but, you know. Very true. But, I mean, you know, a, a week
1: of perfect practice and perfect game planning and excellent execution would lead them to be neck and neck if not. Above us, if they maxed out, you know, somebody, okay. somehow, some way, you know. Well, I'll
0: call, I'll call bullshit on that. If you want to ask me what it's going to take for them to win, they're going to need Peyton Manning to dress, and Phil Fulmer is going to have to step down his AD position. and He's going to have to coach, and then they're going to have to win the turnover battle. <laughs> they're, going to need, they're going to need all that. To well, and I, now they're off a of bye week, so I know this can be a trap game, and they're going to come out trying to. Trying to hang us by our own rope, they they really yeah. will. But they're going to have to play the perfect game and and do everything everything yeah. right.
1: Tennessee stop the run, get turnovers. If they can do that, if they can stop us in the run, and then when they force us to throw and they load you guys in the box, somehow get turnovers, or we throw the ball over five times or fumble it, you know four times, then sure yeah they could win. But probably not going to happen because their defense is too good and they got this freshman so. Probably unlikely.
0: Well, but... let, me, let me put it into, you know, for the people who do the numbers, let me put it in, you know, in a numbers type of, type of way of looking at it so people don't think I'm just blowing smoke. I, I, I've read a couple articles, as I always do, and as far as offense and defense, every category you can think of, total offense, total defense, uh, rushing offense, penalties, turnovers, every single category, Tennessee beats us, And, you know, you can look into it completely or, you know, oh, that's just that. They lead us in one category nationally, and that is their passing defense. It's not by a lot, but they definitely uh, took the W in that category. And, mind you, we just played Notre Dame. We threw the ball all over the field all night long. So our numbers are obviously skewed. But outside of that, it's not even very close. Like, there may be – middle of the pack or in the back of the nation in most of their careers while we are either above average or elite in all these categories. Not special teams, just offense and defense. So, I mean, take that with a grain of salt if you want to, but numbers usually don't lie. And in the case on Saturday, I don't think it will, but – you know, there are some players that we do need to watch out for. I mentioned Juwan Jennings and that Hail Mary back in 2016. I was going to say Ger- G- Garantano was going to be a player to watch, but
1: <laughs> yeah. the
0: best freshman plays terribly, I yeah. guess i have to skip over his name. But, you know, Ty Chandler, I believe, is still the running back there. The kid can play. I'm not really sure what's happened to them. It may be the offensive line the them down. Mar- Marquez Calloway is a good wide receiver. Uh, Jeremy Banks that linebacker, the kid that, you know, was Oliver over TMZ who just got arrested. Uh, I'm not sure what his eligibility is going to look like, but you know, the kid can play. He was a running back converted to a linebacker like Tay Crowder, so they do have some players, and D'Angelo Gibbs is over there as well, who's J.R. Reed's cousin, um, who was actually on the Georgia roster before this year. I think it was last year, maybe the year before he transferred over there. Kid's an athlete. I haven't heard much about him, but like you said, there's going to be kids that are playing on Sunday well, and don't doubt their talent.
1: Yeah, the one, the two I would definitely mention would be Aubrey Solomon on the defensive line. He was just an absolute hoss. He was a number two defensive line coming out of high school, just a complete beast. He was from Georgia. He ended up going to Michigan. He got hurt. Then he transferred down back to Tennessee. That's right. Because of, I guess the, the Jeremy Pruitt connection, he had recruited him in high school, so it just kind of worked out. And then – Trey Smith on the offensive line. He's an offensive tackle. He's also a beast. Both of those guys, I would say, are, are two best players that they have. And, you know, they can make an impact, but it's 11-man uh, <laughs> on each side. So we'll see what happens.
0: It, it should be a good game. Honestly, I I like the way some of our games have been going this past few years. I want it to be competitive early. I want – I want it to be a good back-and-forth game, and then I want our depth to wear on them, and then, you know, we get out without injuries. And, you know, because, again, our goal as SEC, um, you know, fans and dog fans in particular is to get to Atlanta as the representative of the East and face whoever is coming out of the West, which right now I know a lot of people have uh, Alabama, uh, you know, penciled in from Tuscaloosa, but Auburn's looking really good and LSU's looking really good as well. And I guess while we're on it, what is what is your opinion on I know it's a snapshot but the top 4 right now what does that look like to you in all honesty whatever metrics you're using what do you who do you think is deserving of being in the playoffs right now Okay well if I'm looking at it
1: I got UGA Oklahoma Alabama and Clemson in my top 4
0: Okay Three. I like those what about what, why Oklahoma Oklahoma specifically,
1: because their defense is much improved, and they couldn't have got much worse. They were doing pretty bad on defense. But on the offensive side of the ball, I just really believe in Jalen Hurts' leadership. I think okay. he's just, I think he's a excellent human being, superb talent on the football field, who's like really maintained and honed in his skill. And I think that that's really the difference for them is Jalen Hurts. And on the other side of the ball, you got Alabama. They got better from last year, I think, for sure. They got a lot more maturity in the locker room. And then you got Clemson. I mean, yeah, they haven't been doing so well, um, but they got a very, very young team. So there's reason to put doubt and pin this and that, but they have probably. You know they got a top three. Um, they got a they got a top three offensive skill position. I was trying to get out, but you know they're, they're wide receivers, um, Travis Etienne, and then you got Trevor Lawrence. I just don't think. Uh, you know you could you could try to slice and dice it any way you want to, but I just feel like they still belong in the conversation just because of that and how solid their defense has still been this year. So I think they still belong in the conversation. They're not quite out of the top four. And then you got a, you got know, an excellent Ohio State team looking in. So that's, that's my take. Who, who would you have in your top four?
0: Now, I guess it's, it's kind of a, I won't say a trick question, but it depends on what, you know, how you want to frame the question. Who are the four people who are going to get in, and then who are the best four right now? So let me start with who I think is, you know, whether fair or unfair, going to get in. The SEC champion, Clemson, who's going to win the ACC. And then at this point, at this point, I'm going to say Ohio State is going to get in, and their offense has been crazy, and they got that kid Chase Young on the defense. Their defense is much better than Oklahoma. So, okay, that, that's what I'm going to say. The, the SEC representative, Clemson, Ohio State, Do, 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 That's that's hard. That is hard. Okay, well, let me just jump to who I think are the best for right now. UGA, with our our win, I think is a top team right now. I got to – this is going to be unorthodox. Right now I got to go UGA. I still think Clemson's a good team, so I'll give them that. I am going to say that – Auburn right now has got to be in the conversation of one of the best four teams. They beat, they beat Oregon on the road. They beat Texas a and already. They, they've had the more impressive win. LSU beat Texas, but their defense has fell to the wayside where their offense has really taken off. So that will come by them. But it, it's going to be tough. I, like you said, there's a couple teams looking in in Oklahoma and then you know maybe the runner-up in the SEC. It's, it's going to be tough. And obviously a lot of things have to change, and it's it's turning out to be a really interesting uh, college football season. It's only going to get weirder from here, my friend.
1: Absolutely. It's going to be fun to watch, and October is a growing month for us. I think it's a great opportunity to see what our role players can be and moving into that rough November, which will really be the test for the Bulldogs. So it'll be exciting
0: to see how it all unfolds. I can't wait to sing Rocky Top all night. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Hey, I'm already warming up my vocal pipes. Right? <laughs> it's about to go down. Uh, I guess if you want, we can we can wrap up with a score prediction. Um, like I told you, a couple of the guys were thinking it's gonna be pretty lopsided. I'll leave it. Let's see. It was 41-0 last time in Nealand. They scored three against Florida. I'm gonna give them three. I'm gonna go. I like that 49 to three. I really like that 49 to three. Yeah, I think we're going to really hold the possession, especially now that they've got a freshman in. If they had Garantano in, I might give him 10. But if they're going to leave the freshman in for a half, he's going to struggle. I just don't see it right now. So I'm going to go 49-3. to Dogs on top in Knoxville, Tennessee. I mean, I think, I, think it's be, I think it's going to be 42-10, Dogs. 42-10, 49-3. Well, we were wrong last time. Maybe we can – uh, earn some credit back here on uh, a good showing from the dog.
1: Yes, yes, sir, sir. that's All right,
0: Keegan. Well, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And we'll get back. We'll get back to celebrating after this week, and uh, you know, see how these dogs fare with some SEC East play. Absolutely. Off the leash. Off the leash. I lost all my teeth in Rocky
1: Top early on in my life. I'm a man who loves. My family, so my sister's my wife. I get liquored up on Rocky Top before I lay me to bed. I wake up to chicken hollers and bovines licking my head. Rocky Top, you ought to see our unforked family tree. Good old Rocky Top, don't know our ABC that don't know our age.